Well, the Black Caps are in a commanding position. Yes, they are heading into day four of the second test against Sri Lanka. Uh, they need a 303 runs at the base and reserve just to make uh, New Zealand bat again. It's a position they've been in before at the same venue. They forced a draw back in 2018, so don't count them out just yet. But uh, I'm picking it's uh, a Black Caps three in a row. With us is Frankie Mackay, who's been part of the Spark Sport commentary team uh, during this test match and, uh, of course, throughout the summer. Uh, but you join us from Christchurch this morning, and why is that, Frankie? I do. Well, I was just uh, I was just a flying visit to Wellington, unfortunately. Katie Martin is, is part of the crew this time around, and she had a wedding to go to Saturday morning. Uh, so I was up and down to Wellington, headed up Friday night, uh, was there Saturday, which was obviously brilliant. <clears throat> See Kane and, and Henry Nichols go out and score a double century, which is, is pretty impressive. And then, yeah, back back home Sunday, and then it's off to work today for me. So, yeah, back to my, back to my day job. Back to your day job. Hey, uh, Frankie, let's, uh, let's first of all start on Kane, shall we? I mean, um, you know, what's that, 2,800s now? Um, and he just, um, you know, I, I really like the fact that he got first innings runs this time round because they're the hard runs, especially when you're sent in on a relatively green pitch. So uh, tell us a, a, a wee bit about your impressions uh, in the, the last three to four weeks of Kane Williamson in particular. Yeah, well, there'd, there'd been, I guess, a few questions swirling around whether he could get back to his best form after that niggling elbow injury that seems to have lingered on for, for far too long. And then he had a few misses, as you said, those first innings. And, and were we going to see the best of Kane Williamson? And yes, absolutely we have. I think it just shows this last innings. It shows the benefit of, of time in the middle. He's scored hundreds the last couple of tests, both being fourth innings of the game, which is an impressive feat in itself. But... But this last one, that was just, that was Kane at his absolute best. I think because of the way he goes about it, because of how understated he is, because of his, how he just accumulates his runs, it's never bash, block bash, it's never all-out attack, it's just so measured. And you look up on the scoreboard and all of a sudden you go, heck, he's on 80. And then it just continues on from there. It was it was brilliant, it was commanding in, in the way that only Kane Williamson can be. And I think we almost take it for granted a little bit. We are... We are so used to seeing him churn out runs. I think it's five years in a row now he's scored a double century. So it almost does just become, it is the norm for Kane Williamson. It is normal to turn up to the ground and, and expect to see him do it at some point in time. But, you know, we are, we are witnessing greatness. We are witnessing one of the best players going around in world cricket. He can definitely lay claim to being our best batsman. And, and, and we're just so used to seeing it that I think we've almost become a little bit nonchalant at, at just how impressive it is. But... Yeah, to sit down for a day and, and watch him just go about the work the way he does. Oh, he's he's brilliant to watch. He's beautiful. He's straight out of the textbook. He can go through the gears, it feels like, whenever he needs it, and, and he's got the best defence going around. So, yeah, to me, that's if you're a cricket fan, you're a cricket lover, that is, there's no better way to spend a day than to, to sit down and watch Kane Williamson pile on the runs. Take your Canterbury hat off for a second. And uh, give us your expectancies uh, for Henry Nichols going into this test. One, would you have picked him? Uh, and two, did you see this coming? Well, I think it's a really interesting one. I think when you you look at it as a, we all like to be armchair selectors. I think when you look at it as a from a selector's point of view, it's it's pretty easy to say, well, that's the guy that's not performing. Get him out and get someone else. And you've you've got 
a, a guy like Will Young, who's been around the Test squad. I mean, he only averages 28 in Test cricket. He's been up and down the order a little bit, so whether he's the answer or not, not sure. You've got a guy, Glenn Phillips, who, who plays that more attractive brand of cricket, more into that Baz ball that everyone's been talking about for months. So there's options there that are that are knocking on the door and, and ready to have a crack. So I think when you look at it like that, it's, it should have perhaps been an easy decision. But what I actually like about it is the fact that this team has been built on stability. And yes, there's discussions going around that it is an ageing team and maybe we're over the the best of it and we're on the downward slide now and perhaps that is accurate and we need to find some use but but what I like is it has been a, a really consistent selection throughout the, the last few years is, is you there or thereabouts know exactly who's going to be in this test team and, and if I take my Canterbury hat off and put my players hat on that's actually such a nice position to be in as a player is you you feel like you're at home, you feel like you've got people who want you to be successful, who are giving you the full support, and that's within the team, but also that selection management group as well. But it's not just they're looking for any reason to get rid of you, which which almost becomes that, that horrible feeling of you're playing for your spot, you're playing for your life, and, and not too many people play well in that position. So I'm sure that Henry Nichols had heard some of the outside noise. I'm sure he was very aware of his own form slump and... and just that he hadn't been putting runs on the board and, and that's not a nice position to be in. You want to be contributing, you want to be scoring runs, you want to be winning games for your team, especially with that move up to number four. It's some pretty big shoes to fill. So, yeah, I, I'm I'm pleased they stuck with him. I think there was enough in the last couple of tests to show that he was actually getting into really good positions. He's actually striking the ball okay. He was just making the odd poor decision along the way. And, and as soon as you get out of form... When you start doing that, that generally means the end of your day. When you get into a purple patch, into a good run, you make the odd decision-making error here or there, make the odd execution error, and you get away with it, and you just continue on your merry way. But as soon as the, the game turns against you a little bit and the form goes against you, it you get onto Struggle Street, and that feels like the world is against you. So I, I was pleased to see they stuck with him, and, and I think just the way he spoke about the day afterwards and, and has spoken throughout the test, there's always been this... this big grin on his face, just exuding just exactly how happy he was, how much it meant to him and, and how much pressure there actually was sitting on his shoulders to be able to do that. So he loves playing at the base and he also loves playing at Hagley. He's got very fine records there. So I, I suppose when you look at the stats behind him, it, you'd almost say it was a no-brainer to, to play him at Wellington and, and expect to get a score out of him. But I, I think we'd all be lying if we said he was going to be walking off with 200 next to his name. Yeah, I agree. Um, what it does show, I suppose, if you are consistent in terms of your selection, if you show enough faith, and my goodness, they showed a lot of faith. It must have been right at the end of the tether, and my understanding is, um, I didn't see the incident, but I, my understanding is he should have been caught behind for not too many, um, and how the world can change with just uh, one moment in time. Uh, let's uh, Can we talk about the Bracewell Cousins? First of all, uh, as many people that have texted this show and other shows saying gets, it's time Henry Nichols is replaced, uh, about as many people said it's time Doug Bracewell got to go. Uh, now that he's fully fit, what have you made of Doug Bracewell in this test match? Oh, I, I like it. I like to see it. I think he, he's gone away. He's, I mean, it's six years, just over six years between test matches, which is a, a pretty long wait. So you'd expect to, to go back to domestic cricket and, and put a weight of runs and wickets on the board. So, and that's that's exactly what he's done. I think he's he's a better player than he was six years ago. I think he's got excellent control, and that's what he offers this black cap side. That's a little bit of something different. We've seen. Ticknate, yes, he's come in, he's had some good spells, but he, he even admits that 
control is not the element of his game that, that is the number one strength of his. You've had Neil Wagner, and he has performed his role admirably over the last few years, but he hasn't had that control in the last few test matches either. So to have a guy like Doug Bracewell come in who just knows his game exceptionally well, knows exactly what he's about, can just run in and hammer away at a spot all day. I actually think he he fits a really nice little little posse in this group. I think it allows Matt Henry to be slightly more attacking. I think it allows Tim Southey to be slightly more attacking when he wants to as well because he knows that he's got a guy that can just come in and bowl dry. And, and he's also got some wicket-taking ability. He's the kind of cricketer that that makes things happen. So I, I like to see the selection. I, I think he's really improved his batting. His, his first-class average is up to about 30 now, and he's got a few hundreds in his back pocket. So it adds another level to that to that batting side to have a guy who's coming in who's got a bit of firepower, who's got the ability to hang in, and he's just a pretty gutsy cricketer. So I, I like the selection. I, I think it, it fits well. I'm not sure whether he'll be uh, a shoo-in for, for the remainder of the Oh, well, there's no more tests remaining in the summer, but I'm not sure if he'll be in that squad for Bangladesh when they head over in November. But I think a horse is for courses selection. I, I think he can fill multiple roles across the team. And, and I think he's, you know, so far he, he looks right at home. Yeah. Well, uh, it's, been, it's been a while for him. And uh, whilst he's been watching and uh, trying to get fully fit, uh, his cousin Michael has uh, come into the side in a very interesting role uh, up until uh, the weekend, he really hadn't figured uh, with the ball at all as the front-line spinner. Uh, he got three for 50 at the weekend, so uh, he was part of the, the Sri Lankan collapse, I guess. But his development, you're a spinner, uh, his, his development uh, in that role, uh, I mean, is it a place where Test Cricket, where you develop a spinner, or should a spinner be ready-made by the time he gets there? Well, I think that's... It's almost the opposite of his cousin Doug and the fact that he's coming into Test Match Cricket and having to to learn his craft on the job. I think any time you've, you've got the ability to pick cricketers who've, who've worked out, I guess, the nuts and bolts of, of what they're doing and what they're about at the domestic level, I think they are more inclined to be successful at the international level. I think, you know, when you're... And, and that's the... That's why you don't generally pick a whole heap of youngsters straight out of their first season of, of first-class cricket. You don't go, well, they look the goods, so let's throw them in the test arena, they'll learn there, because only the absolute best in the world can actually do that. And you think of someone like a, like a Dan Vittori, who basically learnt his craft playing international cricket. But there's not many people who can do that. There are very, very few who can take to the game the way that a Vittori did. So... I think it's a huge ask. I think he's got he's got a lot of talent for it. I think he's got a lot of ability. I think he has shown that he has got the ability to learn quickly, but it is a massive ask. And I think we saw that in uh, the last test at Wellington against the English, is that there was a wearing wicket, there was turn, there was bounce. The spinner should feature. They should be a big part of, of taking wickets on the last day. But the way that the English went about him is they saw him as a threat. They just attacked him. Uh, Joe Root just went at him every time he, he came on to bowl. Adam, Adam, Adam. And it just meant that's perhaps something that Bracewell hadn't encountered in his first-class career so far. So it was something that put him on the back foot. All of a sudden, he started to miss a bit more. Tim Southey couldn't keep going to him. had to keep going back to the fast men all the time and, and just looked a little bit a little bit out of his depth in, in that moment. So I think you've got to be prepared. If, if he is the guy going forward, you've got to be prepared that sometimes he's not going to get it right. He's going to come up against situations he's, he's maybe slightly ill-equipped for or he's going to have the odd bad day thrown in there. I, I think... 
the big thing for me is he's, he's got to do a bit more work bowling to left-handers. I think that should be, as a right-arm off spinner, it should be your bread and butter, but it actually looks to me like he's a much better bowler to the right-handed batter. So that, to me, just, just suggests he just hasn't done enough bowling to left-handers, hasn't got maybe his angles exactly quite right. The rhythm doesn't necessarily kick in the same as, as bowling right-arm over the wicket to right-handers. So... Yeah, it's an interesting one. It, it, it brings about a role. What exactly do we want from him? Is he a, a spinner first who then can offer you a few runs? I'd suggest if he's batting eight, that is his role. But it seems like the batting is the big thing that we like that extra insurance policy. So if that's the case, he probably needs to be scoring a few more runs. That's then the other side of the coin that you start talking about and the, the spin bowling becomes an, an added benefit to runs. So at the moment, he's probably not ticking either boxes as well as he would like to be doing, but he's a good player. He's got a lot of good attributes about him. He spins the ball a long way, gets the ball to drop on batters, which I think a lot of spinners nowadays don't quite get the same. Um, they bowl a bit quicker through the air. So there's there's a lot to like with him, but I think it's a pretty hard ask to say, learn your job at international cricket and have some good days along the way. You're a studier of strategies and uh, tactics. Uh, you've done a bit of captaincy in your time as well, Frankie. Uh, Tim Southey as a test captain. Now we're starting to get a really, uh, you know, we've had, what, four tests in uh, a row basically here. We're getting to study him a little bit more. What have, you, what have you made of him as a captain in, say, comparison to a Kane Williamson? I don't think there's been too much difference if I'm really honest I don't think the, that he's come in and done things drastically different we haven't, I mean the likes of you see with England again we reference them but Ben Stokes coming in there's just such a noticeable difference in how he wants to do things compared to a Joe Root I don't think you necessarily see the same, he's, he's ever so slightly more attacking inclined I think than, than Kane but he's also a captain coming into a side that's that's got a pretty good record, that things are ticking along pretty well. You've got an experienced core group of players who played a lot of cricket together, know what they're doing, know what they're about, know the rough plans that they're looking to execute. So he's he's almost just leading the way, just allowing them to, to have control over what they want to do. But he knows how to pull the reins as well. That's for sure he knows how to, you know, when, when he wants something done, knows how to get it done from his players. Uh, I think he's... I think he's doing a good job. The only thing that I would criticise him on is his use of reviews. I think at the moment he's almost scared that he's not going to review one and it is going to be out. So as soon as anyone gives him any indication that maybe it's close-ish, then that's good enough for the fast bowler. But maybe maybe that's just what all fast bowlers are like. They think everything's out. So, yeah, I've been... I've been interested to watch how he goes. I've I've enjoyed the way he's gone about things. I think he hasn't let the game drift for, for periods the same that perhaps we've had a little bit under Kane Williamson. That was probably the, the criticism that got levelled his way. And and probably the, the thing that I've enjoyed is actually that he goes to a spinner a little bit more often. Michael Bracewell hasn't always been in excellent form, hasn't always performed the role perfectly, but he's been prepared to say, well, now's the time to try and take pace out of the game. We're going to give you catches all around the bat, we're going to try and allow you to be successful and we're going to let you whirl through some overs. And if, if you take a bit of tap, that's okay. This is what we want to do. This is how we're going to do it. So I'd like to see that. I think uh, that, that going forward for New Zealand, that's important because you're going to have spinners who don't always necessarily get to bowl in conditions that favour them, but you can still be canny about it. They still have a role that they can play and if you can set clever fields around that, they can still find some success. So I've liked the way he's gone about it. I think he's got a good side to be working with as well. And yeah, I, there's 
there'll still be questions asked. I think every time you go to different countries and, and you get in some slightly foreign conditions where it is a bit more hard work to try and manufacture wickets and create wickets out of nothing. But so far for me, I think he gets, I think he gets a tick next to his name. Fourth day, weather permitting. Last day, book the limo, is it? Yeah, you'd be you'd be tentatively penciling that in. That's for sure. That's that's been the big question mark hanging over the whole test. Is day five? There's weather around, so that that'll definitely influence some decision making. They took ten wickets yesterday, which is which is good. That's always a nice way to spend the day. So, so that'll be exactly what they're after today. They only need eight for victory. They've got through a couple, so it's it's just pushing on for that. Uh, I think there'll be fresh enough legs that they can make some inroads. I will say though, if you actually ap- apply yourself, the surface is is reasonably placid for a base and reserve wicket. They've they've got through the the tough stuff early on. It did a little bit sideways, a little bit up and down, but it's actually flattened out quite nicely. It's it's slower than the other surfaces that we've probably seen at the, the basin throughout the summer and what we're used to as well. So you're not going to get the same balls leaping off a length and wrapping you on the gloves all day. So if you actually apply yourself, you can. You can bat long. You could bat for days on that wicket if you wanted to. So it's not saying it's all just going to get handed to New Zealand on a platter, but I think the Sri Lankan side looks looks pretty despondent. They look pretty down and out. I think the the loss in Christchurch hit them pretty hard, taking away their chances of getting into that World Test Championship final. Uh, that's, a, that's a hard one to have to deal with and, and for it to be so close as well. So, yep, they look a little down and out, a little despondent with it. The, the, they've had a few punishing days in the field as well and some pretty heavy legs from what is a, yeah, it's a very heavy basin reserve surface at the moment. So, yeah, I think it's, it's all going New Zealand's way, but there is a glimmer of hope for Sri Lanka. They can bat through the day. The rain comes in. Maybe they manage to sneak away with a draw. Frankie Mackay, always uh, great to hear your thoughts. Um, sorry that you're not uh, at the basin um, and that you have to go to your real job, but uh, we are appreciative of your time this morning. Have a terrific day. Uh, thanks very much, Smithy. No worries. Happy to chat any time.